Hi. Wow. Spooky friend. Sultry voice. Welcome, welcome to, to two girls. One ghost. I like how you started out sultry and then I kind of transitioned it to like old, old man with a cane. And you kind of joined me there. <laughs> yeah. It's called improv. You meet people where they are. Yes. And. Oh, also, I forgot. <laughs> yes. And two girls, one ghost. Oh, yeah. And we're, we're your ghostesses. <laughs> I got distracted. I have this like coffee protein shake. That's Corinne. I'm mm-hmm, Sabrina. Mm-hmm. And I'm wearing a shirt Hi. that says favorite sister because my sister can't combat that right now. Oh, is that from the same brand called favorite daughter? It is. Yep. Okay. I need to get a favorite daughter shirt because that's the big joke in my family that I'm the favorite daughter and my brother's the favorite uh, child. So <laughs> they have it on newly. Yeah, I just I just rented it too because I'm going on a trip with my family in a couple weeks, and I'm gonna wear it. Yeah, subtle roasting on family trips is always what you gotta do. It's the best. Poke the bear, poke the bear, stir the pot, stir the pot. This is an encounters episode. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Corinne, you're going first, but I'm really excited for my stories. I saw the subject line of one of yours, and I'm excited for yours, too. <laughs> yes. Okay, but I picked this one out because it made me think of you. Oh. It is called My Teddy Bear Saved Me. Oh. And this is from Abby. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I've been listening to your guys' show for a little while and was inspired to share my one and only paranormal experience. When I was younger, early elementary school, I lived in one of the bedrooms in my house. Basically, there was my parents' room, my old room, and now current room again, and my sister's room. I moved into my sister's room when she went to college for a while because I was not fond of my room for reasons that I will share in this story. Okay. My sister now lives with us again, so I am currently living in my old room. Oh. <laughs> that stinks. You get kicked out again. I know, especially because Abby said that she's only had one paranormal experience, and it sounds like it's good being saved, but... Now that Hopefully. she's back in that room. The one, yeah, in that one room. Ugh. Uh, Anyways, when I lived in my room as a young child, I was always scared of the closet like most kids are. Mm-hmm. But I was so scared of it that I could not sleep in any position that even had a chance of me maybe looking at the closet. So I had my mom turn my bed so that the head of the bed was facing the closet. <laughs> oh, what a weird layout. <laughs> I would have to sit up and fully turn around to look at the closet. I was never comfortable in my room playing by myself, especially when it started to get dark out, even with the lights on in my room. All of that was pretty spooky, but this one event was the worst part. Oh, no. Backstory. My dad had given me an old teddy bear named Ginger Rose when (laughs) I was born, and she always sat in my crib or at the foot of my bed. She was passed down from my great-grandmother, who had passed away long before I was born. Oh, I love that. I never had much thought. I know, it's so sweet. A little protective teddy Mm -hmm. bear. I never had much thought to why she had passed it down to me or any meaning behind it because I was a small child. So one night, as I was laying in bed trying to sleep, but also terrified of being alone in my room with Ginger Rose at the foot of my bed, I began to drift off. I felt something aggressively grab my lower calf. (sighs) Even now I'm getting crazy goosebumps writing this. And as little kids do, I believed my comforter would protect me. So I jerked my legs up and I curled my body into a ball with the blankets surrounding me. I was too terrified to try and scream out to my parents and was definitely too scared to look and see what was there. Yeah. I willed myself to go back to sleep and nothing else happened that night. The next morning, I shot out of bed and I ran to my door where I stood and looked under my bed and all around the room. Nothing was there and I felt okay. 
Later on, when I made my bed, I noticed the ginger rose was gone. As a child, I assumed she protected me, but as I got older, I questioned my memory and asked my parents if they had possibly donated her or gotten rid of her. They said absolutely not. She was a very important hand-me-down for my dad's family. Like I said earlier, I've moved out of that room, so I've gone through all of my stuff and ginger rose has never been found. I truly think she saved me from some entity as I can now sleep in that room peacefully. My three-year-old nephew can sleep in there too, so I assume whatever was in there is now gone from Abby. So did the entity steal the Ginger Rose teddy bear? She, I guess Ginger Rose was sucked into a vortex. It's, or maybe Ginger Rose got possessed. Oh. Fighting off this thing and walked on out. Well, I was going to say that whatever this entity was grabbed Abby's calf because it wanted to take Abby to the astral plane or wherever they drag their mm-hmm. victims. And Ginger Rose was like, I volunteer as tribute. I will sacrifice myself if you leave Abby alone. So all this entity wanted was to take a yeah. spirit or a soul into wherever it was. And Ginger Rose sacrificed herself. She sacrificed herself. I just, I'm picturing the entity grabbing Abby's calf and then like a little teddy bear hand going on top of the spooky hand. And just little teddy bear eyes like looking at the entity and being like, you don't mean that. Yeah. You gotta get through me. Gotta get through me. I mean, whether it's Abby's great grandmother or whoever it was that passed this down, or it's a spirit guide or just some other unknown spirit connected to Ginger mm-hmm. Rose, it sounds like it banished this entity. And as sad as it is that Ginger Rose is gone, the teddy bear, it's beautiful that it sacrificed itself. The creepiness is gone. Yeah. I know. It is interesting. It makes me also wonder, now I'm thinking of Moana, <laughs> and you know how in Moana, Tafiti is also the the evil entity, the evil creature that is, I can't remember the name of it, but like the lava creature. And really, you just had to do good by Tafiti because she was wounded and taken advantage of and whatnot. And then once the heart was restored to her, her lava monster self returned to a happy creature. So basically, I'm thinking... What if this dark thing that was lurking in Abby's closet was just a wounded Mm -hmm. spirit, some wounded entity that needed the nurturing and the comfort of a loved childhood toy? Uh. And in this moment, in its anger, someone else, like maybe Abby's great-grandmother, like literally came in her spirit and was like, I think you need this and gave Ginger Rose to this spirit. It's nice to think and of. And it, it saved that spirit. It completed them. And then they were able to be happy and move on again. I really like that sentiment. That's very nice. Huh. Also, did, ha- whatever, have you- whatever happened here, Abby's sa- Abby was saved. But we just don't know yeah. what Ginger Rose is. Also, question for you, Corinne. Did you watch mm-hmm. Moana recently? Like, did you rewatch it? No. Because oh. you've, you've Probably. brought up Moana quite a bit recently. It lives in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I always think of Moana. The songs are constantly playing in my in my head. Yeah, I, yeah, I probably great. haven't watched Moana in like two and a half years. Moana, <laughs> Moana, and It Follows are the two movies you keep going back to, and SpongeBob. Constant. Yes, Those constantly. three just looped, looped, looped. Okay, that's it. Well, I have a story from our listener Amanda, and Amanda put her phone number at the bottom of this, so. <laughs> You might get a phone call from Sabrina. We might call. Okay. It's called Everything You Believe About Demons Isn't All True. 
<laughs> Hello, ghouls. My name is Amanda, and I've been listening to your podcast for the last two weeks after I accidentally found it while searching for a new paranormal show to listen to. I've listened to about 100 or so episodes in the last two weeks while working. <laughs> wow. Wow. We've summoned you. We've summoned you. I love both of your energies so much and feel drawn to tell you one of my most personal stories that only one friend and my husband know about. I debated for a while whether I should tell you about it because it is different from most stories in the aspect that it involves demons, but not in the way you were led to believe. Mm. To preface this story, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. Well, this also, also can I just say, oh, yeah. we both have we both have things to say right now. But I just feel like in the past six months, we have gotten a lot of emails and with our experience speaking to Ariel Willow. That's exactly what I was learned, going to say. Okay. okay. But also part of me is like, how come we did this for five years and demons were bad, bad, bad? And then in the past six months, we've been hearing so many experiences where they're not bad. It's like, is there a big PR push from <laughs> the other side from hell? Demons. Te- yeah. And they're working really hard to restore their image with us. I, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to redeem themselves and mm-hmm. behave. This is the thing is that with anything, there's good and bad. So mm-hmm. it's very possible that within the category of spirits, there are other categories. So a demon is a type of spirit and like a fallen angel, whatever. But there might be good and bad demons. Like there, right. there was one email we read from a listener that had an energy demon that basically helped absorb excess emotion. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like when your anxieties or your sadness and maybe even happiness, I don't know, is too overwhelming, there's this demon that can come help you process through it in a way that you're not overwhelmed. I would love that. Well, and I guess too, that. that would be great. But I guess like to your point, you draw, like humans, we draw energy from different emotions Mm -hmm. all the time, right? Like our responses in the way that we go through the world isn't always perfectly drawing on on peace and happiness and goodwill. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of actions that motivate us or that provoke us that don't mean we're doing something negative, but they might be derived from something that we've experienced that does feel yeah. negative, that pushes us towards something else. And so I get it. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's hear about this demon. Okay. Trigger warning. This story does involve sexual assault. So Amanda says... From a very young age, I've always been very attuned to the paranormal and like Corinne, have had many instances of witnessing spirits interacting with apparitions and feeling generally in tune with that which cannot be seen. However, since I was small, I've never felt generally spooked or felt any malicious energy towards me until we moved into my current residence. Spoiler alert, I still live here. Anyways, when I was small, my parents would argue a lot. My childhood was far from happy. I was unfortunately touched sexually by a family member. My father was a habitual cheater, and my mom just kind of stuck it out and worked a lot to keep herself busy. I have one other sibling who is six years older than me. So as you can imagine, we were not particularly close, and he was mostly out of the house the majority of the time. So I was left alone a lot. The first notable instance I had of activity was late one night, and my parents were arguing. I remember crying and hearing a man's voice telling me that it would be okay and to focus on my light bulb on the ceiling. I watched the light flicker twice and then go out. I then felt someone petting my head. It felt warm and comforting to my 10-year-old self. From that night on, when my parents would argue, I would ask if he was there, not knowing his name. 
the light bulb would flicker and I would be able to sleep. Fast forward to me being about 14 or 15, my brother had his first child and his child was two at the time. And he was obsessed with this acoustic guitar we had and would always try to play the strings. We would wake up some nights to the sound of the guitar strumming, and I instantly thought my nephew was responsible, only to find out that he was not home on those nights. <laughs> we had several instances of hearing plates being put away, the water running in the kitchen, as well as footsteps. When I was 17, I had my first serious boyfriend who would stay over from time to time. And one day we were arguing, and keep in mind it was just the two of us in the house, when suddenly our prom picture that had been laying flat in a storage cube on the wall flew out and broke on the floor face My down. God. I mean, that's paranormal activity right there. Yes. You just saw it. For something to fly, to propel, it doesn't just fall or or come off of one piece of tape undo itself, right? Like it is actively flying through space. Yes. And to add to it, when they picked it up, the glass had cracked directly in the middle of the two of us, oh, which is so ominous. purposeful. It's like it's like the parent trap cut photo. Right. <laughs> yeah. These are just a few examples of my paranormal experiences in childhood. I've had run-ins with wolf-like creatures. I've seen shadows in the woods and many other unexplainable experiences, which are for another email, which we need to know. I grew up in the Adirondack Mountains, and my mom is indigenous, which is not abnormal for these things to appear to us. Fast forward to the beginning of summer 2022. My husband and I had separated, and I was alone in the house with just our two children. We moved into this house in 2018, and I've always known that there is an entity, maybe more than one. However, there's only one room in the house that gives off strange vibes. I saged the room and put some black tourmaline in the windows and called it a day. My room is directly across from this room. My room is full of crystals, sages, and oils. I actively practice witchcraft and have found a really peaceful centering since beginning my practice. After my husband left, I sat at my altar and asked my spirit guides to keep me safe and let me know that I was not alone. That night, I woke up at 3.33 a.m. I looked up into my doorway of my room and saw a large black shadow hunched over. No. I instantly smelt ash and fire. Oh. The shadow began to move towards my altar, which is in the corner of my room, and it stayed there. As I said before, I am no stranger to these things, so honestly, I didn't think much of it and just went back to sleep. The next night was very hard for me, and I ended up crying myself to sleep. I was a wreck with the separation. That night, I woke up again at 3.33 a.m., but this time, I woke up to my covers being pulled off of me ever so slowly. Uh, I grabbed the covers. This is making me really scared for like a incubus succubus situation. I know. Well... Well, we did have the preface that this is different than demons we've typically spoken about. So hopefully okay. that is the case. So okay. I grabbed the covers and pulled them back up, yelling into the darkness, dude, I am trying to sleep. But again, <laughs> the covers began being pulled off of me. And this time there was again a large black shadow standing next to my bed, holding my covers. Again, that smell of ash and fire were present. I looked right at him. I sat up and I said, seriously, dude, knock it the fuck off. I then <laughs> The bravery. What? <laughs> I then grabbed the covers and laid back down and rolled over to go back to sleep. 
I then felt the bed sink down slightly and what felt like a very large hand get placed on my back. I fell asleep again. This presence continued Hmm. on like this for about two weeks after that. Same song and dance every night. I ended up going to a psychic festival with my friend and we thought it would be fun to get readings done. What the psychic told me blew me away. She knew about the presence and told me that I had a demon attached to me. She then went on to tell me that the markings on my hand indicated that the demon was in love with me and subsequently vowed to protect me. I think subconsciously Mm. I already knew this. I work with deities in my witchcraft, such as Lilith, Hecate, and even Lucifer himself. Over the summer, I talk to this entity a lot at night. I ask for guidance, I ask for clarity, and I ask for peace, which is obviously the opposite of what one would expect from a demon. But when I tell you that I've never felt more at peace in my life, I mean it. It's like all my anxiety, my despair, and my worries just left. I truly feel at peace. I ended up losing weight and feeling better than I ever have in a long time. My husband and I have since reconciled and our marriage is better than ever. Every once in a while, I can smell ash and fire at the night in the dark and it gives me a feeling of peace. I know that this may seem bizarre, but it is 100% true. Everything that we've been conditioned to believe about demonic entities is not completely true. It was a truly surprising discovery for me. That's not to say that there still aren't bad demons, just like everything else in life, perhaps. There is an unknown side to these entities. I'd love to hear back from you girls, and I'm free to chat whenever, Amanda. Should we call Amanda? You always want, no, I'm too shy. <laughs> it's. Okay. It, I feel like roles should be reversed here, that I should be the one that's like super outgoing, being like, yeah, let's call people, but oh, my social anxiety, I, c- I cannot. That's fine. That's we'll just fair. have to do campfire stories again. Yes, we do need to Then do I that. am like mentally prepared to speak to people that I'm first meeting <laughs> at like a specific time of day. And then I can recover from the social experience <laughs> afterwards. Okay. Fair. fair. <laughs> I mean, whoa. It's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because it makes me – I guess I don't know enough about familiars. But it makes me wonder if, if demons can basically also be a familiar – you know, mm. like something that is protective and loves you and is bound to you, but doesn't necessarily have to be in like a romantic or or familial sense, but just is a protector, is the one that is tethered to you with a right. purpose. I also kind of love that demons can fall in love, like that this demon loves Amanda so much mm-hmm. that it has vowed to protect her and and also is not threatened by the fact that Amanda and her husband reconciled. Like, because I feel like we've heard stories where entities that do have some type of interest and love for a person, they Mm -hmm. react violently to a significant other or in jealous ways. But this entity doesn't. I guess what type of love is it, you know? Because it doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic love. Right. And too, I mean, if if, if it's a demon and if we here believe in souls is it is it just in even if it is romantically in love with her is it not threatened by her current life because in the grand scheme of things a human life is so short compared to the amount of time in the astral plane they'll be able to experience together mhm that's interesting and also can like i know that we've talked about how demons are not of human descent but couldn't they be couldn't there be a human aspect to them? So they could be, I mean, I guess anything is possible with the paranormal realm because we don't have definitive mm-hmm. answers. 
But is there a way that this is a traveling soul of some kind that has interacted with Amanda in past lives? Are we just living in a simulation? And (laughs) the people who are the players, the team one and team A and team B are given the roles, like a little Dungeons and Dragons type thing, given the roles of demon or, or angel or like certain beings. And they're all playing as a certain team. And she just happens to be this demon player of a different dimension, their favorite character. Oh, maybe. You know, like you play Sims and you have your favorite Sims. Uh, yeah, I don't, again, we don't have answers, so I do not know. And that would make sense why it's like, it's not necessarily good or bad. It can be different either way. It's just yeah. whatever team that they were assigned to in this world that isn't understood by us. Yeah. Either way, it's amazing to have this being, this entity keeping Amanda safe. Or, I mean, I would love mm-hmm. The feeling of peace? What's that? (laughs) We won't find it because that's the human experience, right? You have to transcend beyond it to have full peace. Well, right. But Amanda's saying that she feels more at peace now. You can experience peacefulness, but you might not be peace. Where's my demon at? My good demon. Whoa. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. I feel like with my luck, they'd be crawling out of the... I, I wouldn't have the good ones. Okay. I'm asking for a good one, please. I want my favorite demon to be the shirt that I buy my, (laughs) the the shirt I will buy my demon. (laughs) All the demons are blushing right now. (laughs) Like, do you think she's talking about me? Speed dating (laughs) with demons. Mm. They're they're grabbing like a a black decaying rose. She loves me. She loves me. (laughs) She loves me. (laughs) Uh, Demons can have crushes too. Yeah, of course. Alrighty, this is called Why Are You the Mom? And I picked this one out because it reminded me of me. So I had one for you and one for me. Hi, ladies. I'm so happy to finally email you. Sorry about Campfire. Us too, but we're still, we're like very much actively working on figuring out a solution. I hope you can find another way to make it happen. I'm sure you will. You are both very inspiring people. Anyway, I don't know if this is interesting enough for the podcast, but (laughs) just because I'm reading it. Honestly, all of them are. So email us regardless. But I had to tell you, I wanted to email you both many times. But today, Corinne, Sabrina, today, I was baking cookies and listening to episode 206, Corinne's special, and stopped when Corinne said, why are you the mom now? I'm pretty sure you've mentioned this before in a past episode, but today it triggered a memory. I'm old. Of my mother. Of my mother saying that I said that to her when I was little, around five years old. Yes. Later in the day, I went shopping with my mother and we were walking through the store and your words from earlier came to mind and I said, oh, there's something I wanted to ask you. Did I ever say something like, why are you the mom this time? And her whole face changed. We were in an aisle at Marshall's and she said, I can tell you exactly where we were. She tells me the entire story and how I was frustrated and she was telling me to hold the bathroom door closed and I said, why are you the mom this time? I was the mom last time. I asked her what happened after that and she said, I didn't say anything because I didn't know what to say and then you just went back to normal. I said, where were we when this happened? And she said, on vacation in the White Mountains. It was a long drive, and she said that I wasn't happy. So I Googled the White Mountains, and it says it's in New Hampshire. Yes, it is. It's also where Betty and Barney Hill were abducted, which Sabrina did an episode on. Oh. She says, no, it was in New York. So I Google White Mountains, New York, and Whiteface Mountain pops up. 
She says, that's it. I think it's weird that when this happened to you, Corinne, you had just moved to New Hampshire and the White Mountains are in New Hampshire. And my mom said the wrong mountain name, but it gets even weirder. In the car, she says, what made you bring that up? And I say, I told you, I was listening to a podcast. And she says, what kind of podcast? And I say, ghost stories. And she says, oh, of course. She thinks I'm weird in general. I go to the phone and I pull up the episode. I just finished the whole thing, so I'm assuming it's not going to be too easy to find the exact place where you had said those words. So I drag the bar to a random section and your voice says, I turned to her and I said, how come you're the mom now? I was ah. blown away and my mother's face was shocked and she said, that's exactly what you said to me. <laughs> It was a weird ride home, lol. <laughs> I have more stories to tell you too. One is about how I had been haunted for years as a little girl by a man in a suit. So I'll send that in a separate email. It's a story I've always thought of emailing, but this one just happened and I was so shocked that we had said the same thing. Thank you for all that you both do. I look forward to every episode. I attached a picture of my cats. <laughs> I call him my pet cemetery. Oh, wait. His name okay. is Shadow. I want to know which one is which. There's Shadow and oh. Rain, and they're both so adorable. But this one has like a gorgeous, luscious mane that look it, it looks like a, a little yeah, black lion. It does. Oh my gosh. It's so cute. Ugh, adorable. I love cats. Fierce. Adorable. Um, and then it wasn't signed with a name, so I don't okay. know exactly well, who it's from, but Someone who's lived a very parallel life to me. I love that we, or that you, because it was you who did this, triggered a memory in this listener and that it was identical to yours. Right. And isn't it weird too that their mom said the wrong mountain range and was the mountain range that I had lived in when I said that? Yeah, that's, which makes that's me like, spooky. Uh, uh, like, are, is this listener and their mom actually you and your mom, but in a, alternate plane and somehow right? they're listening to our podcast interesting I don't it is interesting i mean i get the the white mountain it's it's kind of it feels synonymous in terms of the the names white face mountain and white mountains it can be confusing but even still yeah. i also okay i think it was last encounters or in some episode where i was talking about is it possible for when our souls leave our physical body in this in this mm -hmm. life can our souls split and be reincarnated into multiple bodies, which is why they're soulmates? Because like Corinne, let's say you and I have split souls. Like we're one mm -hmm. of the same soul, but in two different bodies. And that's why you and I have found each other and feel so connected because in some way we are completing ourselves. So in that way, what if you and this listener and then your, the listener's mother and your mother have split souls that are like you are of the oh. same whole so one person is just a multiple fragments of people's souls together right so huh. for this listener to say why are you the mom i was the mom last time it is because it is the same soul as yours that is curious and it's also interesting that these past lives bleed through in points of frustration right like yeah. when you're when you're bothered as a kid yeah. instead of having a temper tantrum sometimes your soul does and it bleeds through and it's like no this is not how i lived last time you know what i've taken why am i living it this way you know what i've taken to in my adult life recently Tant tantrums yes. throwing temper tantrums <laughs> how why where tell me more i 
have a lot of emotions and there's a lot of anger that has been built up within me that I never dealt with. And so that's why I'm depressed. It's basically repressed emotion. And I mean, there's a million reasons that I'm depressed. But so now when I have intense emotions like that, I excuse myself from the situation that is dysregulating me. And Mm -hmm. I do these little like temper tantrums. Like I get on the bed and I go, ah, and I like kick my legs and it releases all of this energy. And then I make myself laugh because it's just like such a silly release of energy that I then like, you know, manage the emotion. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a good idea. Isn't that part of, is that part of EMDR too, where like there's certain pressure points or like you're being, or maybe that's not EMDR, but I was watching something about like regulating emotions in kids when they're having really big feelings and how you're supposed to kind of like tap on certain. Yeah, that's, that is EMDR regulation. That just helps with like the duality of uh, your brain and then it helps regulate you. Um, Somatic therapy though, when you are going back and like analyzing memories and your parts and what emotions and feelings are being triggered, Mm-hmm. There is benefit to, like, for example, I revisited a painful memory of mine when I was doing somatic therapy. I closed my eyes. My therapist was asking me, where do I feel it? Is there anything that I physically want to do? Like when I revisit that memory, do I have an instinct? And there was one part where like my instinct was to like kick and like push away this person, these people. And she was like, well, do it. Like kick, do do it. Do like physically do the thing that you want to do in that memory. And there's a release. Mm. There's a release if you – because your body is now like associating that feeling with that memory. It's fascinating. That is. The human brain. I know. I know. It's like the brain, the body, the gut, past lives. Everything. Everything. You got to heal everything all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Like pretty wild. Heal the whole person rather than just like a part. It takes a long Mm -hmm. time though, friends. It does. And then when you're finally fully healed, maybe that's when you become a spirit guide or you get to slither on into the demon guide <gasps> role or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you get to choose. Yeah. Well, I think there's no such... Maybe you get to choose your next life and you're like, I want to be in the two dimension next time, actually. And then you're just like a little drawing. Walking around. Yeah. But I don't think you're walking at all. I think you're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. There is also, I think if you... I And I don't want to speak or misspeak but like in the buddhist religion the idea of like reincarnation is because you haven't reached that point of full right. healing full understanding full peace hinduism too yeah. yeah and then you eventually get to a certain place where you you transcend yeah. as a soul into a state of higher knowing right. and that's when you become an alien <laughs> okay and then you come back and do weird things on Earth to psych all the humans out who haven't quite figured it out. Oh. You're like, why is this bird frozen in the air? What is this black blob floating through the what sky? What are these weird oh, clouds? When I was on a flight, I was seriously looking for UFOs out the window and I saw none. Bummer. Next no. time. <laughs> I have, this is the story that you saw the subject line and have so long awaited. This is from a listener who would like to remain anonymous. So, okay. It is called the haunted dot 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 vibrator. You know, I do remember this coming into our inbox and I was like, I got to grab that. And then a few hours later, I go into our inbox to steal it and it was missing. You got to be quicker. 
And now I know where it went. <laughs> Into my personal folder. <laughs> okay. Read late at night. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Long time listener. And I have been meaning to write you both for a while, as I have had paranormal experiences since I was three years old. Some including a demon that tormented me for months. My physical body and my voice being mimicked and witnessed by several people. And a ghost that... Whoa. Always used to scare me at work when I worked at a haunted house. Ooh. But those are longer stories that I'll write out another time. We need to know. Need. Okay. Uh, I also want to know more about the haunted house because haunted houses, when you go to a haunted house, it, it feels like an attraction. But was this a haunted, haunted house? Yeah, that's what I wonder. Or is it an, a yeah. haunted home that was turned into an office space? Right. We'll have to Give us more up. details. Anonymous. Yes. This short little story is about something odd that happened last week. It was bedtime on Tuesday, and my boyfriend and I lay in bed, and just as we're starting to doze off, which is around midnight, we're both awakened by a terrifying, loud, rattling sound coming from my nightstand. I had a little bullet vibrator on the nightstand, and it had turned on by itself. It isn't battery-powered. <laughs> you plug it in to charge. So it wasn't as though the batteries happened to get a connection. And also, the button is on top, and you have to press pretty hard on it to turn it on. It was on its side with no weight or pressure on the button. TMI, but I'll tell you anyway. I've had this vibrator for probably about five years, and this had never happened prior and has not happened since. Anyway, we were both a little freaked out, and he turned it off. And then it happened again in the middle of the night. I checked my phone, and it was exactly 3.30 a.m., when it went off again. My boyfriend then decided he would sleep with it in his hand, not touching the button at all. And he told me it went off several times in the middle of the night. <laughs> we tried to justify it logically to see if there was any way it could have turned on on its own, and we were stumped. And I just found it super odd that it turned on during dead time. The day before this happened, we had watched several paranormal shows and horror films, and I had also put up a black mirror that I had made for divination. My boyfriend was asking about it, asking me if the placement for it was actually spiritually safe. So the next day, after the vibrator haunting, I smudged the black mirror in case it had anything to do with it. I also saged my vibrator. Never thought I would have to sage a vibrator, and now <laughs> we joke that I have a haunted vibrator. Not sure what that. caused this, uh, but I do think it had to do with the black mirror. As any time my boyfriend mentions it for any reason, we do have paranormal activity stir up. I told him hmm. he has to treat it like Fight Club and isn't allowed to talk about it anymore. Anyway, hope you ladies have a great day. Thanks for reading and always keeping me entertained during work. I mean, <laughs> I love the thought that however this mirror was set up, it was this portal for spirits to come through. And the spirit that came through is like this nosy ghost who just is super into finding people's vibrators. And yeah. they're like, fuck yeah. Yes. I found one. You just keep playing. Or they're like, come here, friends. Like, look at what I found. Look at this new piece of technology we've never experienced. Yes. What is, what this? is this? Okay, there's multiple versions. Yeah, there's the version that's like playful and it's just like, I'm going to mess with these goofs. Or there's the like, what is this fascinating thing that vibrates? Or there's a spirit that's like sexually frustrated and is like, oh, I finally found a vibrator. Thank God. And I like to imagine that Anonymous's boyfriend is holding this vibrator and a ghost is like, I'm using it. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. It reminds me of Hattie in Ghosts when she discovers the washing mm-hmm. machine. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I really hope that this spirit is one from a time where that was frowned upon and now they get to really explore yeah. their sexuality. Yes. Positive sexual And while they might be trapped, yes. Hopefully, other people haven't properly cleansed their own mirrors, and the spirit <laughs> has found a way to find another home with similar tools. <laughs> I love now. I'm picturing like a sex shop just being haunted, and the yeah. employees of the sex shop coming in in the morning, and all of the vibrators are on. <laughs> they get a uh, sent to someone's. I'm imagining almost like every time someone cleanses their space, it sends spirits to another person's space. Like they never actually return to the astral plane. They just keep like getting pushed forward and forward. And what if they eventually end in some sort of like dominatrix room? And there's just a bunch of ghosts and they're like, the one one that always gets them in trouble is like, do not ruin this for us. Do not let them know we're here. (gasps) Remember to shut it off when you're done. Oh my God. You turn it on, you can turn it off. This see, I had to read this. I, I had that. to read this story because we are two girls, one ghost, and mm-hmm. occasionally I just feel like we need to pay homage to our our name, be very on brand. Oh yeah. So if you have any stories that are of sexual nature or haunted vibrators or whatever it might be, we would love to read them. Yeah, we should have a a dirty themed oh. encounters too. We should read it in like sultry voices. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Got my cane out again. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll read each different one with a horrible <laughs> accent. <laughs> and then we'll just see. Because, you know, whatever you're into, we're not judging. Maybe yeah. some people like Voiceover that. work. We're experts. Not good work, <laughs> but we'll try. But we'll have fun while doing okay. it. Okay. Occasionally, we read an email like this, and I thought it was a good one to end okay. on. It is called, I almost peed on a dark figure in my bathroom. <laughs> I love it. I'm ready in. <laughs> this terrifyingly hilarious story happened the other night, so it's fresh in my mind. A part of me wondered if it even took place, but yes, indeed, it did. So I'm not sure how your nightly track to the bathroom goes, but for me, I wander in the dark. I can navigate the path to my toilet in the dark like a pro and do so nightly. On this particular night, the moon was full, but the curtains were closed. Because I like my room dark. No possibility of weird shadows to form on the walls. I was just walking my usual path towards the bathroom in our room and paying close attention to the flooring. I hit the tile. The toilet is near. (laughs) I turn left. My pants down. I'm backing into my parking spot. I'm in here. A deep voice says in my ear, so, (laughs) so close, I feel its breath. I scream. The deep voice screams. It's my husband. (laughs) He too was using the toilet in the dark. But he thought I was still in the room when he heard me and made his announcement. He had no clue I was right in front of him, almost about to be on him. (laughs) Yes, I screamed the loudest I ever have. And my heart went into my throat. I just listened to your podcast that night and you mentioned in the episode how you never look in the mirrors in the dark. So I was more focused on avoiding the bathroom mirror. But most of all, I laughed and laughed (laughs) and fell asleep to happy thoughts of the pitiful scream that escaped my husband. (laughs) My advice to the soon-to-be newlyweds and already married and those listening who are living with their partners, check the bed (laughs) Check the bed beside you to see if it's empty before wandering in the dark towards the toilet. 
or don't. Keep things interesting. LOL. Adrenaline rushes are sexy. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. It's so funny. And this is also not signed. So it's it's from an anonymous. I'm in here. Peer. <laughs> I'm in here. Wait, that voice was pretty good. <laughs> oh, I truly, when you read that, I thought it was a ghost. And I was like, wow, that is a very vocal ghost who is using the restroom. But I don't know. Both versions would be amazing. But this is just hilarious. Wow. Can you imagine? And too, like the fact that they were, their whole focus was on ghosts at the time, right? Because they were like, get to the bathroom, back it up to your parking spot. Do not look at reflections. Do not look in the mirror. And of course, when all of those thoughts are happening, that's when you have this terrifying experience where you think a ghost is speaking to you. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. And also like, see, this is when you're half asleep in the middle of the night, the last thing you're thinking to do, especially when you wake up and you have to pee, you're like groggy, your your eyes are like, you're hardly able to open yeah. your eyes. The last thing you think of is let me check to make sure my partner is still in bed so that I don't pee on them. No, you just wander. You wander straight to the bathroom. You're half asleep. Yeah. Man. See, this is why we say that sometimes the scariest things in life aren't actually paranormal, but humans. Yeah. And sometimes it's your own husband on a toilet. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm just picturing like the bare cheeks, like backing up to the toilet. And ah! Cheeks and face. Getting a full moon, even though those curtains were closed. <laughs> this story just like brought forth a memory. And I don't know if I ever shared this part of it. Well, I've definitely shared the embarrassing part of it. Okay. So uh, many people on this show, if you've been here since the beginning, know that I have pooped my pants on too many occasions. It's a problem. It happens. I'm not alone. I know it, even if you don't admit it. <laughs> I'm not alone. <laughs> um, but there was one time where it happened, and this was also food poisoning based. So I was driving home, and the incident happened, and I was home. Actually, we had a roommate at this time. So Nick was not home, but our roommate was there. And I was so embarrassed. Like I didn't, I was just like, oh my God, I cannot believe this happened. And I call Nick and I go, oh my God. And he immediately knew. And and this is not like, at this point, I had never pooped my pants in front of Nick or in our relationship. And he, I just said, oh my gosh. And he goes, no. Did you poop your pants? Somehow deep down, he knew it was a big risk. Like, <laughs> it hadn't happened yet, but the threat he of you pooping your pants waiting. was always present. <laughs> he had been waiting for the moment. He's like, I hear those stomach noises. I see the way she behaves after having dairy. I know that this it will, will happen. happen. Believe it or not, I, I'm and pretty sure I ate vegan mac and cheese that day. So who's the real, who's the real perpetrator? <laughs> <laughs> Food poisoning. That's it. <laughs> Probably. Neither cheese. Yes. Botulism. Yes. Anyway. Man. Good times. Good ghost stories. Interesting sixth sense. Yeah. It's like, you know, you get connected with your partner and they know. And you think that they'll know when something's wrong emotionally, but really they're just super keyed into your bowels. Yes. They know <laughs> when you've pooped your pants. They That's know. That's love. They know. <laughs> and we hope to know when you poop your pants too. Please email us if you do. <laughs> Please. Oh, title man. it. You're next. You're not alone. You're next. Dun, dun, dun. If you think you're not, you're, you're next. next. That's our horror movie. <laughs> Pooping pants. Yeah. You have seven days <laughs> to poop your pants. 
or else you die. Oh, gosh. Anyway, yes. Thank you for listening. Please email us your <laughs> pants pooping, peeing of your pants, ghost stories, sexual encounters with the paranormal, maybe with aliens. All of the above. All of the above. Email them to us at Teddy Bear is saving your life. Yes. Just anything that happens. Email them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And then rate and review us on iTunes. Join our Patreon. Tell your friends about us because it's a pyramid scheme. You know the drill. Follow us on social media. We have merch. Hopefully we'll have live shows in the future. So uh, keep listening and keep watching for any news. And thank you to our team at Upfire Digital, Aiden for editing our podcast, Max for creating some TikToks. We're forever grateful for you. Yeah. And we're grateful for we're, we're grapefruit. For all of you. We're grapefruit for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you on the other, other side. side. Very spooky.